Welcome to the Not So Straight podcast, where we discuss queer representations of characters in video games and other media. I'm Brooke. And I'm Squish. And this week we'll be starting our discussion on the women of Resident Evil. Uh, we probably won't be able to get through all of them, just because there's a good amount of them. Maybe like three, maybe four. We'll see what we get through. We're going to hope for the best. Yeah, we're going to hope for the best, and uh, we'll make it a two-parter if we have to, which we probably will. But I think we're going to start this off with Rebecca Chambers, everybody's favorite. Because it's time to queer it up. Warning, this podcast is not uh, for younger kids. We do tend to swear and talk about, you know, adult stuff in this podcast. So viewer discretion advised. So you're the one that watched Resident Evil Zero. I yes. didn't. <laughs> so maybe we could like go, th go through that a bit. Okay. I mean... Talking about Rebecca Chambers, number one, with Resident Evil Zero, was like, she came into the stage as like a 18-year-old and just straight up is telling people what to do from day one. Like, she had high teen energy the moment you step into that game, which I give her props for, because literally all the men in this like bravo team that she's with are all like little girl you'll do what we say and then she's just i don't know why i just gave them like an elder <laughs> lady voice but she straight up goes to them and is like uh no she even tells one of them she's like i'm a member of stars and you should be calling me officer i was like <laughs> and damn <laughs> like okay okay she's we like, got a queen here she's like it's officer chambers to you and i was like all right officer chambers um <laughs> reporting for duty did you know if she said that to chris he'd be like uh yes ma'am he would absolutely roll over and be like yes ma'am whatever you say ma'am because chris drinks his respect women juice we will forever harp on this forever but honestly there's not there's not a whole lot there there's marcus but like we're talking about rebecca so he doesn't matter um resident evil zero is just like her time to shine she she kind of she has billy that she's with for a bit of it who's like her partner but He's also her target, so, like, take that as you will. Like, literally, 
she meets up with someone and he's like you're supposed to be bringing billy cohen in he's a wanted criminal because he killed like 23 people somehow and <laughs> just she... just magically we don't know no how. i think he no they explain it he like shot them uh, but okay. but she spends this whole time being like i don't know he saved me and he didn't have to so like is he really as bad as you think I don't know, he killed 23 people, but he saved me, so I think he's okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, not her best moment, but considering that what's about to happen, I'm like, okay, Rebecca. Pop off, I guess. I mean, um, I mean, we, we do the same with, like, Dobby from My Hero Academia, so I'm one to talk. I was gonna say, we tend to take the absolute worst characters and turn them like, into, like, puppy dogs. I'm like, he, so... he killed, like, uh, multiple people in cold blood, but we're just gonna ignore that. <laughs> I'm literally like, Wesker wanted to just get rid of the world and start over, and I'm like, he's my favorite character, so... Like, oh man, what a, what a daddy. But... But... It's very it, daddy of him to want to destroy the world. <laughs> it is. Yeah. It, it it very much. I'm like, he's just straight up rage monster. But since we're talking about Rebecca, we will yes. not get off track on this one. No, we won't. I swear. She's... She is like... In the games, unfortunately, they did her dirty i know we mentioned this in the first podcast that like really with rebecca chambers the biggest promise that they did her dirty because even in resident evil zero the gameplay of that game is an hour long or not the gameplay but like the gameplay is like four hours long and the cutscenes are literally an hour and that's counting the credits damn it's, it's and pretty, in that pretty short even for a resident evil game it is, and like in that time, you're not even playing as Rebecca the whole time, and unfortunately, she falls into that kind of category of being the rookie, who ends up needing to be saved a couple of times, like I said, by Billy, and it, it kind of is sad because like while she has this like I'm an officer vibe to her, she also has that innocent naivety of an 18 year old where like she meets a criminal and is like but are you a criminal and it's complicated yeah i think well it's the problem is we just don't have a lot of content for her because she's only shows up in like that uh resident evil one and like the the vendetta movie which is where we're going to pick up here is Vendetta, because Re Rebecca finally got content in Vendetta, where she wasn't just, like, this character that they kind of threw in here to kind of give her some screen time. Like, she is the main plot point of Vendetta, and Vendetta is the point where it's like, wow, what a queen. Yeah. I mean, she does kind of uh, fall into the kind of, like, the... The damsel in distress kind of thing in Vendetta. <laughs> she does. I wasn't expecting that cough. I'm sorry. It's not like it was like. It's not like it made it terrible, but she like. But once. Well, quick. Okay, so spoilers for Vendetta. If you haven't seen it, and you still want to see it, like go watch it and then listen to this. But 
it's like after she got uh, the part where she got kidnapped, and Arius is being a creepo, and being like, "You look just like my dead wife. I want to murder you." And uh, oh, never mind. You rejected me. I'm gonna kill you with this virus. And then <laughs> I feel like the whole like last half of the movie was just her suffering from getting infected until like Chris finally at the end managed to save her. <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah. But I do think it's definitely worth noting for her that the reason why she was kidnapped, not only because she looked like his dead wife, but like <laughs> she also had research for the vaccine and she was the one that came up with the vaccine for the eight virus. So like Yeah, like she's a it's I like how they show like that she is really smart and she's really good at this like vaccine research and stuff. Yeah, and she and just rocks the, like the whole the lesbian look the whole time. She does, and she definitely in the beginning of the movie she definitely handles her own, because she's surrounded in an entire facility by zombos, and is like, well, we gotta get out of here. And instead of being like, someone come save me, I'm in a room. She's just like, I'm gonna crawl out windows, and I'm gonna go and like make my way out. And I salvaged my virus research, even though any sane person would have been like, bye, research, I'll do you again. <laughs> yeah, and I think it's like, she's in the middle of, like, fighting one back when, like, Chris and them finally show up and, like, sh shoot the thing. Exactly. And she also is the only one with a brain cell in Vendetta, so, like, we gotta give <laughs> her some credit there. <laughs> yeah, she she keeps Chris and Leon from just, like, killing each other she does especially since you know that's that's the movie that really introduced us to alcoholic leon so a complete train wreck yeah and chris honestly isn't much better considering that him and arius pretty much circle jerk with like fucking guns <laughs> that whole fight scene is so ridiculous it's like rebecca is dying and you're you're literally running in a circle shooting guns at each other. <laughs> what are you doing? Like literally, it'll be like, Chris points a gun at him, and he like, really fast like, deconstructs the gun, and then like smacks him in the face with it or something. Yeah, he's very Wesker esque. I feel like part of Chris's problem is he had PTSD to Wesker during that. Probably, I think it was like. So the point where he's been in the BSAA a while and he's kind of like, he's starting to get that bit of like jaded to him, but not quite yet. Yeah, and you can you can definitely see it. And like, for Rebecca's part, she holds her own. She's now part of the suspected and confirmed BOWs of the main cast, so woohoo. Yeah, because she got infected by the virus in that movie and got cured by a vaccine but we know that from other characters like jill they keep like the antibodies and like the effects from the virus in their bodies so i don't know what kind of powers that would give her but she does have she would be technically a bow she would be and i mean our I, main like, thing literally anyone who gets infected and survives it either their body fights it off or like jake where he naturally has antibodies like that or they get infected and cured with a vaccine to help them fight it off. Any of that, any character who's been through that is technically a BOW. 
Yeah, in our book, they're officially labeled. They're teamed. They're termed teamed and tallied. Yeah, I'm like, I call them high functioning BOWs because obviously they're not like just monsters on a rampage kind of BOWs. They're like people that just have like abilities from it, basically. Yeah. And for us, especially, like, there's not a lot to go off of for Rebecca, and she's one of those where really in Vendetta, she's just, like we said, she has the high fashion of, like, a 30-year-old lesbian. Like, yeah, and she she has the pixie cut, and she's so, she's so cute. She really is. And we also ship her with Claire. <laughs> 100%. Like I wish they could actually, like, interact. Yeah, it would have been nice. It would have been nice to see her in the movie, too, but the movie deserves its own episode, because... Hooey. It really does. It's kind of sad that, like, the Vendetta movie is, like, where we can draw the most content from her. It really is, but we... we since Rebecca is Brooke's favorite of the girls, we had to include her in this episode, even if we don't have a lot for her. She deserved yeah. it. I mean, she's nothing but, like, helpful in... Resident Evil 1, like, she she does the piano puzzle, because Chris doesn't know how the fuck a piano works. And she really believes wholeheartedly in No Man Left Behind. Like, even with Billy, who she very easily could have just been like, get fucked. She was like, no, I trust him, like, he helped me, I need to make sure that he's okay. To the point where she ends up losing, she ends up losing team members, specifically because she's helping him. <laughs> yeah I think it's cool she like um, it's almost like she makes people feel guilty by not but not being mean about it exactly like, like when like... Chris and Leon she's like I thought you guys were supposed to be like the heroes that stop bioterrorism but maybe you're not but and then just you... leaves it at that and let, lets them think about that <laughs> yeah and considering that they have to go all the way down to South America I I believe yeah I believe in South America they have to go and get Leon and then Leon's just like nope I'm off duty gonna drink this whole bottle of tequila kind of kind of sad kind of sad of him not gonna lie it's a, yeah it's pretty sad to see how his transition transition of like how he is in um infinite darkness versus vendetta <laughs> Yeah, like, you can definitely feel the change. There, There is definitely a part of Leon now that is just broken and will never be fixed. It's like, I've watched so many people die in front of me. Yeah. I'm just gonna drink now. <laughs> but thankfully, Rebecca wasn't one of them. We don't know if they'll do anything with her. I mean, I unfortunately, I doubt it, which is very sad to say. But I mean, it'd be cool if she showed up, like, in the next main Resident Evil game, but... We'll see. Yeah, and hopefully, since they seem to still be coming out with more content for movies and uh, TV shows, hopefully she'll be part of that more. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know what they're working on next. Probably, like, another movie or something, because they, they've gotten, like, really damn good with their CGI. Like, it looks, like, actually, like, real. It does, and I'm I'm kind of excited because with how Infinite Darkness went, it would be nice to see 
Rebecca show up in something with Claire so we can actually validate our ship. Yeah, please. I need please that. Give us that. So that's mostly what we have for Rebecca, besides the fact that she also plays basketball, which I had no idea about and only found out about because of Wikipedia, that apparently she 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 played basketball, which has no relevancy besides the fact it's just cool. Yeah, so she she's also a jock and dunks on people. Hey, very <laughs> true. But moving on, I think I think we'll do Jill Valentine next. Yes. And she's just a straight bad badass. She is a tank. Yeah, I feel like this episode more than even just going over queer content is honestly just here to give Capcom and Resident Evil the notice that they deserve about just having kick-ass female characters who number one you know that their their character doesn't revolve around like you know like being in love or like with a guy or something like they stand up <laughs> they usually stand on their own as characters yeah and beyond even just being able to stand on their own and holding their own per like amazingly they also don't always fit that like feminine grace and beauty look where like a lot of in the 90s especially you had a lot of female characters coming out that like Laura Croft is a great one where she's tomb raiding in a sports bra slash <laughs> like you know tank really top and then short shorts like booty shorts versus they actually put Rebecca and Jill into actual stars uniforms yeah i mean we're gonna we're gonna ignore jill's um og outfit in re3 yeah we're that we've decided that <laughs> with the remake as it is and the fact that, that one, they did change it yeah that one, that one was a mistake but i do like her new look that they gave her in the remake with like the tank top and the obvious sports bra and like just regular pants and boots exactly it's a much it fits her character so much more because Jill like, is not showing. Yeah, and like I know they said like, oh, it's it's because she's off duty or like she she has time off from stars or whatever. But I'm like I still don't feel like she would just wear that like casually. Yeah, it just doesn't seem like a very like a very chill decision to make. Like you know, contrary to belief, maybe some women like wearing fancy clothes casually, but a lot of us just like wear like sweatpants. Or yoga pants and stuff. And I feel like especially because she's Star's operative. And she also has special training. I'm like... You know... She probably wears stuff that's like... In case I get into a fight. I need something breathable. And... I feel like a tube top is just not that. No, I'm like... I'm like, uh, no... Two tops were never good. Yeah, I'm not a fan. Even when they were in fashion, they just weren't good. Yeah, I, I honestly, I, I've never owned a tube top, and I never want to own a tube top, because I just don't understand how they work. Like, I and just like, don't get it. Well, first of all, I just... <laughs> I don't think I'm uh, big enough to even have it stay up. Yeah, neither of us are, so... No. So maybe maybe if you're big enough, it can, but... No, not not for us. Yeah, and like, all the ladies of Resident Evil aren't 
exactly endowed. Like, they're not Laura Crofts, is what I'm getting at. No, I mean, Jill's, like, kind of average. It's not like she's, like, super busty or anything, but in terms of, like, the other women, I'd say she's probably, like, the biggest you'll see see them, besides Excella. I can't, yeah, I was gonna say, I can't even, Actually, never mind, it's Excella. Yeah, I was gonna say, it is Excella. Excella and Jessica, and then everyone else is just, like, from there. Which is the thing... Excella and Jessica are the two that just, like, are like, look look at my body, I'm going to dress sexy. And then everyone else just dresses, like, professionally. Yeah. And, which is cool, I'm like, get it. Or in, in Ada, I guess. I, she's 50-50, but we'll get to Ada. <laughs> yeah, it's it's different. Yeah. And, like, with Jill, definitely, she's one of those where my favorite part of Jill is her no-nonsense attitude. <laughs> she really is kind of similar to, like, Chris in that regard. Yeah, like, they make a great pair as partners simply because both of them are, like, we want no nonsense, but whereas I feel like Chris is more of that, okay, gonna do what I'm told, I'm gonna get the mission done. I feel like Jill is like, well, this gotta happen, no one else is gonna do it, so I guess it's on me. I guess it's a lone woman mission. Like, <laughs> like for a good portion of Resident Evil 3, she was just going against Nemesis by herself. Because as much as I love Carlos... Comparatively, Carlos, Carlos to her... isn't really help. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say he's like Barry in Resident Evil One. <laughs> I I love Carlos and I love how they reinvented him for the remake, but I also am just like between you and Jill, I think Jill has this handled better. Yeah, like for most of the first half of the game, she's just running around the city with like Nemesis on her ass. She literally gets knocked from a balcony and falls to street level and is like, like well, I guess it's time to Dude. continue the fight. I always wondered, when, like, when Nemesis, like, threw her against the wall really hard, I'm like, how is she not, like, broken? And then I have to remember, oh, yeah, she has, she's powered by, well, she's not powered by the T-Virus yet, never mind. Never mind, yeah, I, I wasn't, gonna go, say she's not. I wasn't she's... going anywhere. <laughs> she, she's just, she's just that much of a badass that she's yeah. literally, like, she was already a tank even before getting the T virus. She was. She was absolutely a tank. And it's one of those things where, like, with Jill, we had talked previously about how Chris goes out of his way to be like, she's my partner, and puts her on this equal level. And doing the extra research and stuff for this episode, like, you, you don't realize how much of a badass she is, but. Then you look at it, and she was one of the few, if not the only woman in the world for, like, the Resident Evil world, with Delta Force training, which is, like, a special, which is, like, a special, um, what's it called? A special, like, ops training for hand-to-hand combat and just combat in general. And she received it. That's so cool. It is. And she was personally recruited by Albert Wesker. So, and we all know that it takes a lot to get Albert Wesker to actually recruit people. Because most of the time he just recruits them because he wants to kill them. Yeah, because he's a picky bitch. He's like, (laughs) he's like a bird during, like a female bird during mating season. Like you have to impress him. 
<laughs> you have to, to like the dance of dances. Yeah, like you have to impress him with a really good dance to get him to even like want to give you attention. Yeah, yeah, and so it's basically confirmed that she's probably the one of the best, if not the best, fighter in stars, and she keeps all of that very private and secret, which is fantastic. Yeah, I mean, so, I mean, you can definitely see it the way she is a tank and she just handles being chased by this behemoth shouting stars all the time. Yeah, she also has no time for Carlos, which is probably <laughs> one of the most enjoyable parts of 3, is every like time... He, when he tries, like, joking around with her, or, like, I guess it could be, like, semi-flirting, and she's just like, are you done? She literally just shuts him down so hard. She's just <laughs> like, yeah, I'm being chased by a giant monster, and you want to flirt with me? Fucking, can you learn how to shoot a gun first? <laughs> So like, fuck you, bitch, when like, Nikolai was on his shit and was like, yeah, go there. And he literally just like, doesn't help you at all. He just talks to you over radio from like, a safe house. Because the, the only one really getting stuff done for most of that game is Jill. She's, she is the badass surviving Raccoon City. Like, she's literally that guy's errand boy. <laughs> errand girl. And I, I feel, I feel bad. He's I like, you gotta go into this it. building. I run there while being, like, tailed by Nemesis until I get inside and find out he can follow me inside some buildings, and then I run for my life. Yeah. And I'm just like, this poor... This poor woman. She takes way more of a beating just in every game than, than she deserves. I mean, in one... I think in one, one of the things that does annoy me is that uh, when you play one, you can choose to play as Claire or Jill. And if you choose you mean, to play as... Do you mean Chris? Oh my god, I'm sorry. Yes, I did miss Chris. <laughs> I got my red fields confused. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, you can choose Chris or Jill. And if you choose Jill, you don't get a weapon at first. And that annoyed me. I'm like, like, you have to... Like, how does that make any sense? <laughs> it doesn't. And you have to kite, uh, for any of you that don't, play MMOs or anything like that. Kiting is when you lead something around to like get it to another player or to like run to lead it around. Anyway, she has to kite a zombie back to the like foyer entrance to get shot in a cutscene. Versus Chris just has a gun on him. Like, and I was like, um I'm like, aren't they all in stars? Don't they like all have weapons. Why would you give one per not give one person a weapon? Isn't that like dangerous? I to be fair, it's been a while since I saw one, so I don't remember if it's like a plot relevant reason. Like maybe she had oh. dropped it or something. But wait, wait, I'm diving into my deepest memories. Didn't Wesker ask for her gun? I think so. That might be it that Wesker asked. But for I'm it. like, why? But still, you have like three guns. Why do you need another gun? <laughs> also, Wesker doesn't need it. Like. <laughs> I mean, neither does Jill, technically, because she does have Delta Force training, but I don't know how much Delta Force is going to do against a Yeah, that's another thing. I'm like, she has Delta Force training, why can't she just, like, punch the zombies? I I never understood that either. Because Chris can do that as, like, but... a melee attack to, like, stun them if you, like, are out of ammo or something. You can, like, he kicks them or he'll nail them in the face with, like, a punch, and because we 
both know he's powered up by the T virus or some kind of virus. He like launches them like three feet into a wall. Yeah, literally, with just like one punch, they're decimated. Their head just explodes, and I'm like, "But where is Jill's?" Yeah, like, and if not punches, she could she could probably kick them pretty good, at least to like knock them back enough to like, give her some breathing room. Yeah, so I I don't know why they didn't go through with that. But I blame nineties. I blame nineties sexism. It's funny too because. I, like, walked into this, like, these characters are so badass, and now as we're talking about how badass they are, we're, like, tearing apart what Capcom could have done, I mean, and I'm like, oh, man. I mean, to give them credit, they they got better throughout the years. They had. They definitely, I think, yeah. I, I think it just fell prey to, like, the stereotypes of, like, women characters in, like, 90s video games and, like, media. Yeah. And I, especially in the beginning of the games, like, the fact that they had a female main character that can hold their own at all and is... The was... fact that they had a main women female character that you can play as along with a guy character is, like, an achievement of itself for the 90s. Yeah, because I feel like unless you're... Especially for a story-based game, because I feel like a lot of story-based games that I can think of from the 90s, you generally just had the one main character... And most of the time, that one main character was male. Yeah, like, going by 90s um, logic, you would expect that it would be Chris as, like, the main character, the, you know, American action hero that they want him to be. And then, like, Jill would either be, like, not playable or she'd be, like, the side character, basically. But or, like, they the are. love interest. So. Yeah, or they, yeah, or they throw in some random romance thing with her or something, but they, but they don't, and she's, uh, actual like two main character, like the other main character basically. And I think the thing that she really doesn't get enough credit for is honestly her place in five, because while Jill is a total and complete badass during three, and like, is the female character that we all wanted who just goes through a city full of zombies and is like, I got this. In five, she survives the worst part of all, which is Wesker's gay plotting. <laughs> yeah, like, kind of getting experimented on, though, like, actually, uh, her T-virus her antibodies... Uh, kept her safe from that because they would just like destroy anything that would get into her body yeah and it's like while i still wholeheartedly do believe that the reason why he kept her alive was to use against chris in the future somewhere <laughs> yeah i also do like the fact that he recognized that not only had she bonded with the t-virus enough that she had made it her own but also that she he knew that she had the force and the training to be this force to be reckoned with and it was like all right cool i'll add her to my project so again anyone who can earn wesker's respect deserves a gold star simply because it's it's wesker and yeah i mean even when the when chris finally managed to get that mind control thing like off of her she was she was still like, don't worry, don't worry about me. Go go get your man. Yeah, basically, and it should be noted too that in in five, 
during the initial during like fight sequences and whatnots and flashbacks to the Spencer mansion. She is the one who dives into Wesker and takes him out a window. Like it wasn't Chris and it absolutely could have been Chris, but it was her who was like, yeah, fuck this guy and immediately tackled into him, which is one of those moves that Jill would absolutely do. But you're still surprised when you see because it's not the kind of thing that you usually see female characters doing a lot of times in games. Yeah, she's she's doing it to like save Chris too. Exactly. So it's like she gets that big spotlight moment and yeah, it's kind of cool. It's always cool to see uh like the usual role reversed where it's the it's the woman protecting the the guy character. Yeah, and it shows the partnership between them that she's like I'm going to give my life if I have to for this. And I'm like respect. Yeah. And it <laughs> it also should be noted that um, we wished that her and Sheva could have gotten more time together because her and Sheva in five literally are just like, why are we here? Like, <laughs> I feel like her and Sheva have a lot of like, like similarities. Yeah, because you have Sheva who got um, guerrilla training when she was in, when she was growing up and she was, uh, did they say which part of Africa she came from? I forgot. Um, they never really specify like a specific place. I think it's just like, like West Africa. Right. So when she's growing up though, she grows up around a bunch of guerrilla forces and she learns a bunch of their combat and training techniques that she brings to the field the same way that Jill gets that same stuff and then they end up in the same place in five and they're both badass females who work into that nice way of where Chris is all brawn they're all brain and and like just planning <laughs> yeah it's like uh, we, we have the brain cell here exactly so once again they're they're one of our our big ships even though they don't get a lot of time together they still get more than claire and rebecca so like yeah but i mean the way i the way these work for me is like if i can see that connection between like characters even if they don't share a lot of screen time but if that like compatibility is there i'm like yeah i could see it and i feel like for especially for like sheva and jill it would be kind of nice to see them being friends after everything that happened because you have Sheva who was there with Chris going through all of this craziness and then you have Jill who was with him through all the other craziness and now that Jill needs you know to rehabilitate after everything that happened with Wesker and being mind controlled it would be kind of cool to see her and Sheva getting to spend time together and like having moments where they can kind of support each other share some good times of traveling with Chris all the you know death defying moments punching a <laughs> boulder um, yeah she can be like yes yeah, she can just list all of like the dumbass things she's seen Chris do yeah so I'm like 
And then Jill's like, oh yeah, there's this one time in Stars where he did blah blah blah. So it's like, I, I really do wish that we would get to see that more. The only weird thing about it is that Jill is actually not in any of the movies besides the live-action one that we're not going to talk about yet. <laughs> yeah, but, but that'll be a special episode. I know, but I, I have like... to keep mentioning it because it's just... <laughs> yeah, because like I would say that's like its own canon. Yeah, and we're also, just for your guys' knowledge, when we talk Resident Evil and like movies, we're talking the animated movies. The Alice movies are a completely different canonicity to their own that's yeah that's yeah it's like its own it's like its own thing it's like with the new movie it's like the ones that take inspiration from the games but they're they kind of made it like into their own kind of thing whether that be bad or good who knows but but the Jill... yeah the, the cgi ones are are in canon yeah so like those ones we will actually draw inspiration from but Jill hasn't actually been in one, and that's probably because she has been featured in four of the games, because she also shows up in Revelations, but her whole point of Revelations is once again saving Chris's ass, because Chris would be <laughs> nothing without her. For real, though. It's like... I feel like we haven't... Unless they're planning something, but as far as I know, after... Like, Resident Evil 5, she kind of just, like, retires from everything. Yeah. Which, like, I don't blame her for, for, like, all she went through. Yeah, I don't think either of us blame her for, for deciding, if she decides to, like, quit the BSAA and not come back. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm like, please do, because you did not deserve what happened to you. Yeah. I mean, you never know. Like, I can never predict what Capcom is going to do. Like, they could decide to bring her back. For like another game or a movie or something, then I guess we'll just have to see. Yeah. So we'll see with Jill, but for the most part, like Jill's just Jill's just fun. And she's just a badass. And that that in and of itself deserves just kudos because she gets infected with the T virus and survives. So she's <laughs> also a registered BOW. Yep. That's and, just two on the list of women that are here. Just and, two. Uh, oh, and on another note on her, like I can tell she's she's used to working around men who probably like don't think that much of her because she definitely knows how to like how to like command a room. Oh yeah. Like especially when Carlos starts trying to like joke around with her, and she's very much like, "Shut the fuck up." And that's the that's the other thing. Like for me. And, like, I, I can tell she's used to dealing with men just with, like, how she has to, like, be, like, shut the fuck up or be, like, very authoritative sometimes. And I definitely see her as being more on the lesbian side. Simply due in part to that fact a lot of times. that I feel like just the being around guys all the time, working with them all the time, I feel like she's either, <laughs> she's either, like, the ace icon or more towards like the lesbian side yeah like she she's probably seen so many dicks just casually and she's just like whatever it's just a, a thing i see every day she's like i don't even care anymore just get it away from me 
It's weird looking. Stop. <laughs> Just go. And I th I think for Jill, for the most part, that's that's kind of where we lie with her. Like, yeah, Jill Jill is definitely one of those that is a fun character. She's again fun facts that we learned from Wikipedia while doing extra research for these things. She's half French and half Japanese, which I don't think they ever touched upon in the games because you find out the weirdest stuff. <laughs> not <laughs> No, I mean I mean it's not like they ever have her speaking French at all. Or Japanese. And like she's right. not the kind of character it's not like Ada where you see Ada and you're immediately like she's Asian. Yeah. I mean She'll I guess she speaks Japanese in the original game. <laughs> But everyone speaks but, Japanese but, in the original game. So. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, everyone does. So it doesn't. It's not. It's different. So but yeah, in the English one, she never like once speaks like any French or like any Japanese. So I guess that's just kind of like a random factoid. Yeah, it it kind of is. It's like the basketball for Rebecca. I'm like, this doesn't matter, but it's still cool to know. So. <laughs> Play a basketball game with Lady Dimitrescu. That would... <laughs> considering that one of them is literally the size of a basketball hoop. I mean... <laughs> Have you seen that that stupid man thing on fucking ball? <laughs> no, I haven't. It's like somebody edited this picture. I'll, I'll have to send it to you. But it's Lady Dimitrescu like, dunking a basketball. And they put God. stupid man thing on fucking ball. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> it's oh. really great. <laughs> Considering that she's like most most basketball hoops are at a height of ten feet, so I'm like she's literally the height like, of a basketball hoop. She wouldn't so even have to jump. She would just play. Yeah, like she would just have to stand there. She would very very like with proper etiquette just like tap it into the hoop she wouldn't even have to try no there it, there'd be no effort she would just like reach up a little bit and she can just put the ball in the hoop yeah it would just be unfair for everyone it doesn't matter who if there was if there was resident evil basketball dimitrescu would have to be kept off of all the teams just because it would be like no Especially with guarding and stuff. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. <laughs> I, no. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how you would get a ball past her. You wouldn't, and that's why she would have to be banned. I'm sorry. I know people <laughs> love Lady Dimitrescu, but in terms of basketball, I'm going to put the ban right now. Huge red flag. No Dimitrescu on the court. No. Just because it's just unfair on all levels of practicality. Because if she gets mad, which she will, she's just going to shred it with her monster claws anyway. So, like... <laughs> True. She's like, now nobody can play. Precisely. So, I mean, you know... But, anyway. <laughs> yeah. Gonna, we're not here we're to gonna move on. That's good just today. Not not yet. Well, we'll get there. But then the well, next character will be Claire Redfield. Yes. And in talking about Claire, if Rebecca Chambers is Brooke's favorite, Claire Redfield is definitely mine. <laughs> She's also a badass. 
Yes. She literally walked into Resident Evil 2 with the entire, like, 80s retro outfit of just straight-up lesbian vibes. And I I love it. In, in both the original game and the latest game. Like, in the original game, she walks in with, like, fucking a cut-up red vest and, like shorts and she just is ready to go in to a police station and find Chris and I'm just like okay Claire all right I get on with your bad self I mean her her remake outfit's pretty cute too oh I love her remake outfit if the only character I've ever cosplayed is Claire Redfield and that's because I can do the ponytail and I have the red jacket and it's it's yes just yes i actually it's one of those things about the remake outfits that i like the best is the fact that they're practical and they look good and they're not atrociously feminine because the biggest problem i have a lot of times with female characters in a bunch of games is that like they give them the kind of outfits that you sit there and go, no, you wouldn't go into the situation wearing that. There's just no way. <laughs> yeah, and also like there's a much more, uh, there's a much wider spectrum to like women as a gender than just like dresses and skirts. Yeah, and so it it was nice to see her walk in wearing the boots, jeans everything like she looks like she's just she looks like she's on a mission she she's going to a pub yeah she's she's ready she like knew that this was gonna happen she didn't know this was gonna happen but she knew that this was gonna happen also (laughs) she has a motorcycle collection like how badass is that (laughs) i'd say that's pretty badass yeah like of all the of all the female characters that I can like point to and be like they're a lesbian, Claire to me is right up there as like one of those characters that I look at and I'm like, there's just no other thing because she she has the practical abilities as a mechanic for her motorcycle collection. She had the chance to be a cop and she was like, fuck that, I'm gonna join the other side. She has the ponytail, the leather jacket. Like, she's just on point. She's got it. Yeah, and I think I think so, something I like about her that kind of, like, uh, breaks tropes of, like, how uh, women characters and, like, games and stuff, like, usually are, where, like, it's usually, like, they're very, like, you know, mild, not all the time, but it's just an example of, like, being very, like, mild-mannered, nice very kind kindness is usually like a very common uh trait of like women characters like stereotypically and something i like about claire and like other resident evil characters but like this is specifically claire is that she like curses like a sailor when there's zombies around her oh absolutely and she's basically like fuck you you fucking asshole you bastard and she it's just like my favorite part while playing that game because like 
if she's around like with a bunch of zombies, she just starts like swearing as she's like shooting them. I definitely playing the Resident Evil 2 remake. I was like, I resonate with Claire on so many levels because I'm the exact same way that whenever I'm in a situation like that, I will be the first person to just yell swear words. Yeah, I'm like, contrary to what some people might think, women actually swear like all the time. Yeah, and also, even when she's dealing with, um, even when she's dealing with Birkin and dealing with the scientists and everything, like she will be the first person to just immediately curse at them and be like, "Yeah, get fucked. No one gives a shit about you." And I'm just like, "Okay, Claire." Go off. <laughs> yeah, or that that creepy dude who like took Sherry away. Yes, she was like, you can just feel Fuck you. <laughs> you can feel the takenness of her. Like, I have a very specific set of skills, and I'm coming <laughs> for you. That <laughs> uh, just reminds me of the <laughs> Snapcube's fan dub of Resident Evil Two when he is like talking to her and. She... And Penny, as um, as Claire just goes, I can go all night, motherfucker, and gets pistol whipped. <laughs> and I'm like, that's that's pretty accurate, actually. <laughs> yeah, actually, that's very accurate. There, Claire is that character that will just immediately put herself into a position of being like, pick a fight with me, please. I will absolutely wreck you. I mean... One of my favorite scenes of Claire in any of the media is uh, in one of the movies, she is helping uh, protect her friend's daughter in an airport, and they give her an umbrella to go out into zombie-infested hallways. And she's like, you've got to be kidding me. But it's Claire, and she's like, I've been in worse situations, so I'll use this umbrella. And the greatest scene is when Leon throws her a gun. And you just watch everyone around her be like, um, as she catches it and immediately headshots like three zombies in a row. And you're like, yeah, you should have given her the gun in the first place. <laughs> For real, those, those guys, like, I don't know. I don't think they had brain cells. They did not, because you had, like, the, the senator who was all like, rah, 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 rah. You, got, you gotta protect me, because I'm important. And I'm like, uh, yeah, you don't you don't really mean shit right now, dude. I think that was also the one where she goes up to him, and she straight up smacks him, because he, like, threw uh, Ronnie, the little girl, to the zombies. Yeah, he's like, here, have this little girl instead. Yeah, and, and then she literally just walked up to him and bitch smacked him and was like, how fucking dare you? Like, talk about entitlement. Yeah, so I'm like, Like, Claire... I'm more important than this little girl. You can eat her. Yeah, Claire has no time for authority either. So, like, she is just a spitfire. She is. She's also nice to kids. She is. She is the, she is the parent in Resident Evil, because she's just adopted <laughs> so many children at this point. She's like, she's almost kind of like Gordon Ramsay. She's like, fuck you, you're an adult, you should know your shit by now. But like with kids, she's like, they're there, it's okay. I'll, yeah, I'll like, adopt you. 
Yeah, like with Sherry, she instantly is like, both of your parents suck. I'm going to take responsibility for you. Me, me and Leon are your new parents. Yes, exactly. She's she's like, me, me and Leon are going to Jaeger this somehow. Not entirely sure how, but... Okay, we're going to be we'll your new guardians. And really, if we're being a little bit honest here, I feel like Claire is definitely much more committed to that point because she's... Leon definitely helps, but Claire is the one who really gets Sherry out of there. Yeah, I think Leon's just like, oh, okay. Yeah, like, whatever. He's, he's like, okay, you saved this girl. All right, cool. We're going to keep her alive then. <laughs> yeah, and I think she, she, she definitely learned, at least from the start, learned a lot of her skills, like, probably from Chris. Yeah. Like, I'm certain... Because their when their parents um, died when they were younger, and Chris basically had to like take over like from Big Brother to like more of like parental role almost with Claire. And I feel like he probably definitely like at least taught her how to like defend herself. Yeah, and I think that also plays a big role in the change between their two lifestyles, whereas Chris has a bigger respect for kind of the responsibility of doing things the right way. Claire is definitely like, okay, I watched my big brother do it the right way and nothing's changed, so I'm <laughs> going to do it the other way. Which kind of leads into the 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 feeling I get a lot of times with Claire that as good of a person as Claire is, she's also like... She rides that line of almost being a villain in Resident Evil. Yeah. Well, I feel like she kind of gets in her head that, like, you, you know, these mil the military organizations and these other organizations, like, nothing's really helping. Like, bioterrorism is still happening. So I think she thinks, like, I need to leak this information or, like, do something to, like, make something happen. And, and really, she's not entirely wrong. Like, she's, I'm going to give her the benefit of the doubt here that she's not wrong about these military organizations. Like, not like, I do agree with her that uh, people need to know, like, they need to stop, like, covering up so much. But at the same time, I also understand, like, where Chris and Leon come from, because... If you leak too much info at once, it could, like, just cause mass panic and chaos. Yeah, and you you see you see that a lot in Infinite Darkness, which is the new Netflix series. If you guys haven't seen it, it's only four episodes. It's, like, two hours long. And definitely would recommend it as, a as like, a good watch, for especially for Resident Evil, where you get to see this a lot because... Claire, as much as she's still her badass self, at the end is just like, well, I don't want to ruin it. So spoilers for people who don't want to know, just skip over like five minutes. But Claire is absolutely like, we need to just tell everyone and leak everything. And Leon's like, uh, yeah, no. So that's a bad idea. <laughs> and she's she like, uh, we literally almost had this like Titan dude come out and kill a bunch of like people and the president and be on like live television I don't think we need the information leaked that there was a giant monster underground 
And she's like, no, we absolutely need this leaked. Which is a reoccurring theme with Claire, where she she's still a good guy in all of the, the movies. Because a lot of Claire content, besides 2 and Revelations 2, all of the Claire content really comes from the other sources of media, like the, the movies in particular. And she has a movie with uh with another movie i believe with leon where she has to go through and she stops a vaccine with TerraSave from being released because they believe that it's coming from this corrupt evil corporate uh wow corporation pharmaceutical company and she gets this whole lecture in the beginning of the film about how like hundreds of thousands of lives will die because of you and she feels actual remorse that she's like oh my god i can't believe that you know we vetoed this whole thing and we protested it and we did the wrong thing and she does have that sense of like okay maybe i was in the wrong here and then it turns out that she's right so like (laughs) you're kind of like okay so you were wrong at first but really you weren't so, what do we do with this information? <laughs> yeah, I feel I feel like um, her time working in TerraSave didn't made her even more kind of like radical. Oh yeah, definitely. Because TerraSave is a radical organization that kind of relies on like putting fear tactics and like almost like guerrilla tactics some sometimes and like putting pressure on these organizations that might not even have anything going on. It's just, like, they think that something's happening. So, like, I feel like she probably got a lot of her more radical views from TerraSave on, like, dealing with bioterrorism and stuff. Yeah, and I think it's it's also important, like, in Resident... Uh, it's Resident Evil. In Revelations 2, she recruits Moira, Barry Burton... Dot, Barry... Burton's daughter. Why are there so many bees? Barry Burton. It's it's not an easy name to say. <laughs> but she ends up she ends up recruiting Moira Burton to TerraSave. And this does not go well because they end up getting kidnapped. Which is unfortunately a thing that kinda happens to Claire. But it's kind of funny because whereas I feel like with the other female characters they get kidnapped and have to be saved. I feel like Claire is that that character that when she gets kidnapped, she never has a weapon on her and yet is the one who ends up escaping without any help every time. <laughs> yeah, I'd say she's definitely like a seasoned survivor. Yeah, because in in Code Veronica, that's a big part of it, is that she's you know, she's kidnapped in the very beginning, and Steve Burnside. Steve Burnside. <laughs> Steve Burnside is just the absolute okay. worst. Every time I, I think of him, I just think of every time he just goes, sorry. Yeah. Sorry, in... Claire. I can't. We... <laughs> Steve Burnside, for anyone who hasn't played Code Veronica, just know that you're just walking into just a cesspool of just absolute no. In so many forms, it's hard to even say. Like, clearly... Yeah, like, it, there's a scene where, like, 
I think Claire's literally just like like sleeping, like resting her eyes. And he's like looking at her and he just like starts to like lean in. Like he's gonna try to steal a kiss from her. And when she wakes up, he just like backs up all of a sudden like nothing happened. And I'm like, dude, what the actual fuck? She, it's such it's such a claustrophobic that game with everything to do with Steve Burnside. Because they clearly tried to add Steve Burnside as like a love interest for Claire Redfield and then like halfway through the game realized that Claire was was gay. And they were like, oh, she she's, such, she's too much of a lesbian. <laughs> they literally were like, mm, no, this isn't going to work. Guess we got to kill him. And then they did. And even like, even when he dies in her arms and you're like, this is supposed to be like a really, like a really probably romantic scene. But instead she's just like, all right, he's dead. We got to go. <laughs> I'll be honest. I, I felt like nothing. Yeah. She's just like, bye. She's. She's like, I, I have other things to do. I've got to save Chris. You can just stay there. Save Chris. He's going to get his ass beat by Wesker, so i got to go save him. Yeah, just so you know. Like, it's nothing personal, but also it's absolutely personal. And, I mean, in Revelations 2, she shows up with a rocket launcher at the end. Like, who does that <laughs> who's like she's like i know this will do the job here you go barry yeah and once again even in that like she's she's here for she's here for uh for for moira and like taking her under her wing which unfortunately terra save is kind of culty so i i'm not entirely uh. here for terra save but, yeah, they they are they are kind of culty. They are kind of sus. Yeah. And and like I I support them doing like peaceful protests. Like that's fine, and I think it's a great way to raise awareness to like issues people might might not know about, like bioterrorism stuff. But other than that, they are kind of fishy. Yeah, and I just I think it's interesting to me a lot of times that the only canonical character that really gets a love interest in Resident Evil is pretty much Leon. And I guess by yeah. extension Ada, but we don't really count Ada. Even even yeah. if, <laughs> even though that's kind of like linked together, I feel like Leon's the only one in Resident Evil who gets a love interest. And he gets like it's like a musical chairs of love interest depending on movies and games. <laughs> yeah, like I feel he really is like the only one where it's like it's shown i mean for as vague as it could be shown sometimes they're they're still vague about it but of having like the women in the game like interested in him except for the main characters who are all just like leon come on get your shit together yeah like we all know leon and lewis should have been a thing yes they should have that that was a short-lived thing i mean especially do you have a cigarette I've only got gum. Like <laughs> I don't smoke. I'm Duke Nuke. Like, come on. But And just oh my god, that that whole thing, um what's is her her name's Ashley, right? Yes. Okay, yeah. That's just that's just random like weird flirt that she did with him at the very end. And he was just like, No. And she was like, Okay, never mind. And I was like, what the fuck did I just listened to? 
Yeah, we we planned to do an episode on Leon and Listen, Leon had big dad energy during that whole game and that line just threw me off. <laughs> yeah, it's it's weird. Like there are very strange decisions that Capcom makes. There's some great decisions they make and there's some decisions where I'm like oh, why? What happened? <laughs> yeah, like what happened here? Um but but yeah, anyway, uh a we're transitioning to Ada, I think, right? Yeah, we're gonna transition to Ada because for the most part that's that's Claire. Like Claire honestly is like the lesbian that we all wanted. And yeah. I'm here for it. But yeah, I think a I think Ada's gonna have to be our last one because uh we're just a little over the hour mark right now. Yeah, so we'll we'll let Ada be the last one. And then we still have um four more people pages or probably about three more pages of notes after this so don't worry we'll have enough for oh. part two i have lots of words for the rest of them so don't worry oh yeah we're gonna have a whole dedicated to uh a whole episode dedicated to brooks resident evil thesis so <laughs> i have a whole thesis on a character that i will name later yes we'll we'll, we'll get to that don't you worry um Ada Wong is that one who's like her story from the original game was like her lover was killed by Umbrella and she's getting revenge, but now she's a spy. And I'm like, or was she a spy all along? Because Ada's the most badass character in Resident Evil. Yeah. Her her, her and Jill, the badasses of Resident Evil. They really like they really, truly are. Has there been a game that Jill and Ada met? You, you know, I don't think so. Not that I can recall. Not that I can recall either, and that's just sad, because I would love to see a fight sequence <laughs> between Jill and Ada. I mean, Chris and Ada have met. I mean, it was fake Ada, but, you know. Oh, God. We have to discuss fake Ada, and I forgot about that. <laughs> Do you want to start with that? Yeah, we'll start with fake Ada. So I feel like with Ada, we'll just go back from the latest in canon that she showed up and then go backwards. Like, I mean, we haven't really been on par because our, our notes were basically just things. But it's just it's just all over the place. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. This wasn't like with Chris and Wesker where we had a timeline. We basically were just like, we're going to list all the things that we like the best about these characters and go through them. <laughs> yeah, I think it was more so organized by character than like, actual chronological events yeah because again like we said like with rebecca and um jill their actual their actual like screen time in games and media and stuff are kind of very strangely put together so we 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 kind of jump around a bit but that's okay it's neither here nor there but with ada you have to deal with it yeah, so sorry. With Ada, definitely in six, the fact that there is a fake Ada who immediately comes onto the scene and does the weirdest Ada stuff ever. Because usually Ada's like the behind the scenes person. They like, I don't have any connections to whatever's happening. She's like, I'm doing this for the money. And that's literally it. <laughs> She's just there to get whatever sample or whatever it is she has to get for like 
her cl- her client or whoever she's working for, and then she just like ducks out of there. Yeah, she's like the true neutral of Resident Evil, where she's she has no side; she's on her own side. Like she usually doesn't really like kill people unless they like are baddies that get in her way or something. And that's really about it. Like it's it's she's she's not like that. But then in six, she fake Ada just completely demolishes Finn and the rest of Chris's team right in front of him because we need to traumatize Chris as much as possible. <laughs> he had to watch Finn die in front of him and let him to drink. Yeah, to the C virus, which basically just told turned him into like a horrifying like gelatinous monster, and then he just like yeah. crystallized and died. Yeah, didn't he like blow up or something? Yeah. Yeah, it was it was pretty bad. Yeah, it was it was it was not it wasn't also, pretty. Fake Ada's fashion sense is uh uh not great. <laughs> In that game you can tell who's real Ada and fake Ada because fake Ada somehow magically is wearing more like uh revealing clothing than Ada. Yeah, like she's basically showing like almost her whole chest. She has this deep v-neck and she's wearing like a, a skirt and i'm like and then ada comes on and she's like wearing a scarf and she's just like yeah cool you you show the goods i'm gonna stay here in the shadows yeah and i'm like even when ada's in that like that red dress and then like with the high slit slip in the dress like it still doesn't really show that much it doesn't and she's still it's mostly just like done. yeah like it's mostly just like her leg that gets like exposed when she moves but it's not she doesn't really show off like cleavage or anything either yeah and i mean she's she's just ada there's no better way to describe ada wong than she's just ada and i yeah. love i love that about her i love the fact that she's a spy she's just extra she's extra on so many levels that it's just like she's probably one of the best, if not the best, fighters in the entire series. Yeah. Like, most of the times I would say, like, why the fuck did they put her in a dress to, like, go on a mission and fight people and stuff? But at the same time, I'm like, she would dress herself like that. She would absolutely. <laughs> like, even if it's on, like, a mission like that, she'd be like, I'm wearing this dress. Because I want to wear it. They would be like, hey, Ada, we would really like it if you went in there like wearing all black so you could like blend in. And she's like, they're going to remember me when they die. <laughs> yeah, she would. She She's like, I got to leave an impression. Listen, they got to know. And they got to know in case they survive that they know exactly what's coming for them. Because yeah. you, know, you know she double taps. And she seems to like to play cat and mouse with Leon, like, all the time. She does. She's, like, the... She's the bisexual icon. That's... <laughs> like, she is, because, like, uh, whichever movie that was with the president... Damnation. Of that... Yeah, Damnation. Of the president of that, like, Eastern European town who is a lady, and her and Ada... We're definitely like weirdly flirting as they were like fighting. Yeah, because her sexuality is enemies with benefits. She's like, if you can fight me and like kind of hold your own, then we can be together. We can be a thing, but not really. Yeah, and even in that same movie when she meets up with Leon, she's like, wow, it's kind of sad we couldn't spend more 
private time together and he's just like uh yeah and she's like i was like, hanging sorry ada i was hanging with my bros and then they all died again that was so sad i was sad <laughs> yeah i mean it is sad unfortunately and in in six probably it's one of the best parts of six is again like that she works behind the scenes and as soon as she finds out that there's a fake ada she's not immediately like oh we've got to take care of this we've got to fix it she's like i am absolutely using this to my full ability like i am going to she's just like, hide in the shadows she's like hell yeah they can kill her and then everyone will think i'm dead literally she's just like okay all right there's no part of her that does not play into this whole idea like she's like i'm gonna find out who done it but i'm gonna take care of the person who done it and let everyone else deal with the fallout of my extra because she's not as cool as me and let's be real if i have to fight her i'm gonna win and i was like okay ada okay <laughs> she said i'm the top it was funny is i feel like the one person who like immediately was like that's not ada was leon and i was like yeah that's on point <laughs> but chris was in too much of a blind rage to really listen to that yeah Chris had his moment where he was like, do I just kill her, or... And Leon was like, um, she might be useful to us, so maybe you shouldn't. You know what that, you know what that reminds me of is the, the scene from The Incredibles where he's like, I could break her like a toothpick. Yes. And then he's like, and then Syn Syndrome was basically like, do it, you won't. And then he didn't end up doing it. I'm like, that's that's Chris. Yeah, exactly. Like, Chris immediately sees her and like pulls a gun and then has to basically be like, don't shoot her. And I'm like, even if you did, she would survive because it's it's Ada, and you can't kill Ada. She's unkillable. Yeah, she she'll just disappear for a while. She will. She'll she'll disappear and then she'll come back, and you, you won't even know that she's back. Especially now, at the end of six, she was just like. Bye, guys! Like, you killed my double. Everyone thinks that Ada Wong is dead. The biggest spy of the century is gone. Now the biggest spy of the century gets to go into hiding and do everything behind the scenes with no one knowing. The right way. <laughs> right? She's like, now now I can do whatever the fuck I want. She, I feel like that was the power move of the century, because Wesker already did that. After one... <laughs> Everyone thought that Wesker was dead, but he was pulling strings behind the scenes. And that when he came back in five, everyone was like, oh my god, Wesker's alive. Ada... <laughs> Ada's like, I knew that. Yeah. Ada also, like, basically just calls Wesker an idiot and stupid. And she's <laughs> not entirely wrong, so... No, she's not. He is an idiot. <laughs> yeah. So, just... He's literally doing this for some having a crush on a guy, but also it being like a hate crush, and he, I don't think he can really understand how to go about it. So he's like, I'm gonna make him suffer. And she's just like, you're an idiot. She's like, you know, you could just ask him out on a date. You don't have to be all weird. Considering that, like, at the end of Six, when she gives uh, the whole information to Leon from everything... She literally gives it to him basically in like an engagement ring box. And I was like, all right, these two are engaged now. That's a thing. Yeah. But, but I'm also like, 
Ada Wan would would never marry anybody. No, absolutely could not. Like she she cannot be tied down, and, and like she she may probably most likely have like some flames with Leon, but she's usually like gone by the next morning. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like she's like, okay, we're gonna have our fun, but as soon as the fun is over, I have better shit to do than you. In all definitions of that idiom. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. And it's funny in four how like even when she's kind of she's kind of in trouble and Leon helps her, and she's just like, Great, thanks, keeps running. <laughs> <laughs> Literally she gets saved by people and she's just like, I was gonna get out of it myself, but you know, you made it easier on me, so good for you. Congratulations. <laughs> Now enjoy like, the fight that's coming. You know, she's like in that helicopter where like the island's gonna blow up and she's just like, Hope you know how to drive a jet ski and just tosses him jet ski keys and is like, see. She's the definition of get fucked. And I God, she's such chaos that I love it. She's like <laughs> she, she really is. She's she's chaos incarnate. I'll be interested to see like if they actually do something with her, with the Resident Evil 8 DLC coming out. Since we know that, we've seen that concept art they had of her, but they ended up scrapping her her involvement in the story. Yeah, which, which is sad, and it's kind of, I don't, I don't necessarily blame them for it, because, again, like we said with Six, she's not, like, Wesker where she's gonna, like, be dead but not be dead and, like, still go by Albert Wesker behind the scenes while he deals with everyone. If Ada mm -hmm. Wong is dead, Ada Wong is dead. And if she comes back, she's probably not gonna come back as Ada Wong. I think Chris will definitely recognize her because he probably still hates every fiber of her being for what happened to Finn. But... He's like... I now know it wasn't actually her, but I get PTSD whenever I see her face. I see her face and I immediately think kill. Kill, get my gun out. Yeah. So, Step her like a toothpick. So, like, absolutely, I would love to see Ada show up. It would be the perfect time because there's the meet of my seat, there's the, um, the, the, thing that is given to uh to the the four the four siblings i forgot what it's called um well and i'm blanking on it now too. yeah whatever it is for some reason i did not write it down here but it's the um the mutamycete was given to a nematode and it turned into this thing that's name i cannot forget that i cannot forget that i cannot remember i can't remember how to speak english either and I can't remember. Let me look it up real quick on my phone. Okay. <laughs> so, because it won't make noise on the mic. I'm typing. Yeah, it's fine. But she, I could absolutely see her coming in to grab one of them to get for research for someone. And wearing the plague mask, everything like that would make sense because she's hiding her identity because she doesn't want anyone to know that she's Ada Wong. And Ada Wong is dead. So... I can see her being now a masked vigilante going around 
around still doing what she was doing, which is awesome of Resident Evil for kind of having that concept art because it just goes with her character so well. She even had a crossbow. It's a it's a cadeau. Thank you, a cadeau. I was like, it either starts with a G or a C. <laughs> yeah, it's the cadeau that um, they somehow like their body like bonded with it or it worked with them and they got like powers from it. Yeah, and I could see her having a cadeau and then or her getting a cadeau to bring back her <laughs> research. Yeah, like she needs to get one in a jar or something. Yeah. So I'm I'm waiting for her to come back in a DLC and have that be the thing like, oh, we have to stop her from getting the cadeau and, and sending it into like the mass market. But We'll see what they actually end up doing with her, because who knows? But she's she's definitely a mainstay. She's a badass. Like we said, she has her scenes with uh, with the Eastern European government of just fighting a president. Because why not? And the fact that the two of them both have just that kind of like enemy respect for each other, I... I love it from that movie that they're sitting in a room together and this lady is just like, haha, I have Ada right where I want her. She's stuck. And Ada's just like, that's cute. <laughs> that's cute that you think that. And then even like when the, even when the president is like, well, you know, I have, I'm the one who teaches all of my soldiers training. It is like, Hey, thanks for confirming that suspicion. Um, is there anything else that's, like, private and secret about your country that you want to tell me? Because I'm here to record it all, because I'm leaving. Like, you think I'm not, yeah. but I am. You better say what else you want to say now, before I leave. Because this is your last chance, bitch. And it, it is. Like, it is. Because Ada's <laughs> kiss is a death kiss. It is. But. But, yeah, I think that's, I think that's a pretty good time to cut it. Yeah, I think that's that's probably about it for the first ladies. Um, that's, yeah, I think. Yeah. Like, Thank you guys for uh, listening to the podcast. We're still just starting out and figuring stuff out, but we're slowly but surely, surely doing it. I don't have like an email set up for this yet. We'll see if I do, which I'm kind of planning on doing. But in the meantime, uh, there's a Twitter set up for this podcast. It's not so straight zero zero, and each uh, letter of each word is capitalized. Uh, we also have a Tumblr that's also not so straight zero zero, and that's all just like lowercase letters. So if you wanna. Check us out on there. I always post when there's a new episode up, and you can also interact, ask us questions or whatever on there. Uh, we appreciate any reviews that you leave on the podcast on Spotify or anchor.fm. I'm working on gaining it on more sites, but that's what it's on for now. Uh, rating and reviews are always welcome for that, and it helps us get noticed more. So. And it also helps us, you know, go through and make everything better because, like I said, this is episode two of our very first podcast, so we're still getting our shit together, if you will. So, 
Yeah. Like, if you have suggestions of any... We're, like, focusing on Resident Evil stuff right now, so if there's, like, anything Resident Evil you're interested in hearing us talk about, uh, you can suggest it, and we might work it into an episode if we can. But once we're past our Resident Evil stuff, we'll be moving on to, like, other video games and other things, too. Yeah, so if you have media that you want us to look into... If we're already looking into it, then you can look forward to seasons based on those games or book series or movies. We have we have quite a bit of content that we want to go through, so let us know if there's anything that you think that we should look into. If we have the time, we will definitely do our best. You guys know the drill. <laughs>